Welcome to Beware of the Leopard, the A to Z of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I'm Mark Stedman and this is episode 42, recorded live at the Birmingham Podcast Festival just this weekend gone. It was so, so much fun. Thank you to everyone who turned out and to all of the other uh, shows. They were absolutely incredible and I think everyone had a great time and, and I certainly did. This is a cracking episode um, and it's it's due almost entirely, pretty much entirely, to um, our full complement of uh, co-conspirators, um, Danny Smith, John Bounds and John Hickman, um, who all turned out uh, with me to close out the podcast festival. Um, this is a, a really, really fun episode, so I hope you enjoy it. Uh, just before we get into it, we are uh, going to take a quick break. So we wanted to get to episode 42 um, because, you know, it's kind of important. Um, but after that, uh, we are, we're going to have a little break. Uh, we're going to take the summer uh, off and we will be back in late August, sort of early September, something around that, uh, with the next half of the alphabet because we've got all the way to P uh, and we've still got miles to go. So uh, do stay sub- uh, subscribed. We will be back. Uh, and there may be something... Uh, in between we'll, we'll see something to keep the feed alive um, but do check BTL Podcast on Twitter and btlpodcast.com uh, and you can find us on Facebook and all the places uh, but now here is the episode of Beware of the Leopard recorded live at the Birmingham Podcast Festival on the 8th of July Hello and uh, welcome to Beware of the Leopard uh, the A to Z of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. My name is Mark Stedman, uh, and I am a um, small creature just outside of the vicinity of Beetlejuice. Uh, with me is John Hickman. Oh, hello. I'm John Hickman, and I'm currently spending a year dead for tax reasons. And also with us is John Bounds. And I think you should know that I'm feeling very depressed. And over on the drinks cabinet, uh, on the drinks cabinet, or in the drinks cabinet, it's Danny Smith. Hello, I'm Danny Smith. Gusnar. <laughs> Um, would you like to explain uh, to the uh, to our lay people uh, what Guznar means? Uh, Guznar is a word used in canon on uh, Hitchcock's Guides of the Galaxy. That I think it's a Beetlegeusian, Beetlejuicean. How we pronounce that word? Yeah, right Beetlejuicean. That's Beetlejuicean uh, for I don't know what to say, but I need to say something. A lot of Hitchcock's Guides of the Galaxy has ended up in um, certainly like a lot of the way I produce or. Um, go about my everyday life. So um, I used to work in the same office as um, Danny's girlfriend, Caroline, who is a sort of bit character uh, that has cropped up every now and again. Usually a, usually a voice of disapproval. Um, uh, and we, we used to have this thing because I was slightly... Um, I, I, was, I was a big fan of this concept that happens early on in the first episode of the radio series and in the book in which... Um, there is dispute as to which character says this because it's different because Douglas Adams would keep changing what happened in the books because he couldn't stick to one canon, one story. Um, but essentially, let's say Ford Prefect, who is Arthur Dent, main character, his best friend, um, he's trying to stop his friend's house being knocked down. And so he comes up with a scheme that says, well, my friend is going to lie in front of the bulldozer indefinitely. So if you take that as read that he's going to do that, then that means we can nip off to the pub for half an hour. And I love that as a concept. It's like we are at two separate ends of, a, of an idea of a spectrum. But let's just take it as read that this thing is going to happen. And so that kind of got co-opted. And so whenever Caroline or I were, were in our respective workplaces and not feeling very good, and we didn't know what to say to the other person, a little bit like Guznar, we would just say, do you want to just take it as read that I said the thing that makes you feel better? You'd be surprised how effective that is. It really works because it, it, it is the ultimate, the thought that counts. Like, it absolutely works. Um, so we've got a few things that we're going to do. Um, we are going to delve through. Uh, we, we've, we've got our, our copy of the guide here, um, and we are going to put that on uh, shuffle mode. Uh, so we're going to go through. Typically, what we normally do is we go through uh, everything in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Universe from A to Z. We're currently in the P section. Um, but we've we've uh, brought the guide with us on shuffle mode this week, so we're going to just see what comes up. Um, but also, uh, in a little bit, um, Danny is going to be making live on stage, um, contrary to probably health code vi- uh, issues and, and health and safety regulations of this particular venue, 
Um, Danny's going to be making a pan-galactic gargle blaster, which is a drink. Um, the effect of which is like having your head smashed um, uh, by a slice of lemon wrapped around a large gold brick. Um, so good luck to all of us. We're going to be drinking that. Um, and we, what we uh, are also going to do is we're going to draft our favourite characters and we'll get into uh, the draft rules. Uh, I think we'll do that. Um, we'll do that now. So the idea of a, of a draft is that we are going to talk about our favourite characters from the universe. Uh, the order has been decided already randomly by the website random.org and no one knows what the order is. Um, and uh, that means, that why that's relevant, is that no one else can pick someone else's pick. So if your favourite gets chosen, tough titty for you, fish face. Um, so I think a, a line from a film goes. Uh, so we're going to crack on then with our first uh, draft pick, and that goes to Danny. Danny, who would be your first favourite character from the Hitchhiker's Universe? Obviously, the best character in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is Lord Prefect. Oh! Yes! Clearly the... No, you're right, but that was my pick. And you were going to say Zaphod, weren't you? Zaphod. It's definitely Zaphod. It's definitely Zaphod. It's definitely Zaphod. (laughs) Zaphod. Zaphod's good. I'm so shocked. <laughs> I'm genuinely no, no. I'm I don't so get to shocked. See his little face normally, like it's when so it, I pronounce things wrong. But it's good. You're it, like yours, Team Zayford, all the time. I am Team Zayford, but I I respect the journalistic integrity of Ford Prefect. Ford Prefect <laughs> is um, a man that lives on Earth. That's not actually a man. He's been um, he is Beetlejuicean, Beetlegeusian, which makes Mark's face pinch. Beetlegeusian. He doesn't care. Um, so. He is a guy that lives on Earth um, as a human. He is researching the best book in the world, which is the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And he is just an uber-cool journalist fella that lives life uh, really frugally. He doesn't get a lot printed, though, does he? (laughs) I can't see how I would fail any empathy towards that whatsoever. (laughs) He famously got two words printed, which are... Mostly harmless, but he, he that that was going to get trimmed down by the editors a bit. Um, so you you've gone for Ford Prefect. Yeah. Uh, next up is John Bounds. Can I just ask Danny another question about the Ford Prefect? Pick oh yeah, before we go, please, we, we move it on. I gen- genuinely like I'm gonna I'm apart from my my sort of stage managed shock just then. Mm-hmm. Um, genuine question for you: Have you changed that position at all through doing this podcast? Because recently we've been talking about Ford Prefect on the show a lot, and I think we've all we've we've had some chats about Ford. I think um, my knee-jerk reaction was always uh, Zayfod. Uh, the the person that I always wanted to be was Zayfod. <laughs> like uh, he was he, he was like like the person that I aspired to be when I was fourteen years old, reading a book about this fantastically cool character that could just say, "Hey, baby, I've got a spaceship. Do you want to look at it?" Like like as a, as a, like he was the guy that I aspired to be, and. Like Ford went in the radar, so yeah, a little bit through this podcast, I've kind of examined the character of Ford and gone, no, he's actually a lot cooler. Yeah, cool. Thanks, man. John B, you're up. Well, I'd like to go a little bit more obscure. Um, no shit. <laughs> I'd like to uh, talk about character from uh, the fourth book in the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy trilogy, um, which is uh, so long and thanks for all the fish, or as I like to call it, Arthur's coming home. Um, <laughs> is, uh, so I'd like to talk about a, a character that helps us understand uh, the ideas of uh, Keynesian economics. Uh, and it's uh, there's a lot of economic theory in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but this is one of the places where they get right down to the basic tenets of it. And I'd like to introduce to you all uh, Zem, the oh. mattress. Uh, Zen the Mattress lives on uh, Squarskelemus Beta, a world where mattresses flollop around in the <laughs> marshland. Uh, all of them are called Zem. Uh, so, but I'm going to go for the one that we actually meet in the book. <laughs> and he, um, the, the life cycle of the mattress, of course, is they get caught, dried out, uh, and then sold on podcasts for £500. The. <laughs> <laughs> So this one, I can't uh, believe that's our first podcast advertising joke. We've been going for two days, and it's taken the last episode to make a podcast advertising joke. I'm always one to go for the easy target. I mean, I'm sitting here dressed as Pete Doherty from the Libertine, so it's uh, for the benefit of the tape. But um, the so basically, he talks to Marvin, the, uh, the the robot, and he talks to to Marvin about how uh, the Keynesian economists of the universe 
built a huge, great infrastructure project across the swamp, a huge bridge. And uh, he talks to Marvin about how that was open. It sank into the swamp. And essentially, it was just busy work there to create jobs for the mattresses in the universe and that is a very, very good thing. The whole um, economy of the universe is absolutely fucked. Uh, and that's, that's what we've got to do. We've got to invest. We've got to get a local infrastructure sort of banks set up, like um, national investment banks, sort of universe investment banks. And um, we we need to do that sort of thing. And I'd, I'd like to see more of it. Uh, and, um, yeah, I, I, we need to get uh, the president and the, the man who controls the universe and all that, the Galactic Council, to, to to get on that. We need to pressure them. Maybe we could start a petition. From my point of view here, this has never looked or sounded more like a press conference. <laughs> so, <laughs> can I just no say, so questions? far, we've got intergalactic cool journalist and a mattress. Like, what teams are we picking? Are they, are like, they going to fight? <laughs> They're just going to all be friends. You, um, who wants to lie down? <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you who wants to lie down, because it's my pick next. Uh, and I've picked the man in the shack. Um, so the man in the shack is, um, he answers the question, if no one who can be allowed to rule, if no one who wants to rule the world can be allowed to, then who is the person who actually rules the world? Jeremy Corbyn. Whoa, Jeremy. Um, and uh, it turns out to be this naive, this um, wonderful character that really only cares about his cat. Um, and he sits and he smokes his cigarettes and he drinks his whiskey and he plays with his cat, and then people come to him and ask him questions about the universe, and he doesn't know what the universe is. He just knows that um, a, a group of white spaceships come to him that might be a group of white spaceships. There might be one black spaceship. He doesn't know. Who can tell? Um, he knows nothing about the world, and yet people come to him and ask him what he should do. He's this absolute blank canvas on which the rulers of of the universe uh the the actual shadowy puppet men can decide um what they want to do so one of the things that we discussed before is that one of the great things when you have a system like that when you have someone who who has no context on which to make any decision it's all down to the framing of the question so uh this planet this lovely lovely planet has just been invaded by a load of nasty nasty aliens what do you think we should do? And the man in the shack is probably going to say, well, the aliens are nasty. You should, you should tell them to go away. And so if you just reframe the question, then he's going to give you a different answer. And that's what happens when you speak to a being with no context. But I love his simplicity, and I love that all he cares about is drinking his drink, sitting in his chair, and playing with his cat, and feeding his cat a little bit of fish. And he then also rules the entire universe. <laughs> kind of like that. John, you're up. Kind kind of like the way that you rule the universe of this podcast. You're just at home with your cat, and I know nothing. Yeah, you I have no context for any knowledge. <laughs> but but I you do rule this universe. Do. Oh, the yeah. shade of it all, Hickman! How dare you? <laughs> he it's does. He episode. does rule the universe of this podcast, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He's a naive idiot that gets led <laughs> along by people that corrupt. He's oh, power, okay. Powerful man. He's a powerful man. Actually, he's the one framing the questions to get whatever he wants out of us that's he knows true. That's true. he knows how to frame this dungeon and he knows how to get uh john to criticize um uh sci-fi uh worlds and how they fit together and he knows how to get danny to tell the stories about where he's put his penis and <laughs> or, or whom but anyway john sorry you're <laughs> um I, i'm gonna take a very different uh take on this uh so that we can get a little bit inside baseball talking about uh how I introduced John to that phrase, by the way. I have to, I, I've just got to pick that up because John never knew what that phrase, no. he never knew the phrase existed about four weeks ago. Exactly. And I started using the phrase inside baseball and we had, had to have a discussion about it. So I like the fact that you now just sort of casually drop yeah, it in. Yeah. yeah Is I, that I, you letting them know in a little secret about this podcast? You've just done inside baseball about inside baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've literally used it in about 10 recordings since Mark taught me what the word meant. Um, so, um, yeah, this, this one allows us to kind of think a little bit about, uh, Douglas Adams and writing processes and wider, uh, mythos around Douglas. And so my pick is Paul and Nancy Millstone Jennings, ah! who we spoke about very, very, very recently on the, on the actual show. So, um, I've actually forgotten the crucial name that I need. So Mark's going to help Neil me. Milne Johnston. Thank you very much. Uh, the, the story for this is that uh, Douglas often puts people into uh, hitchhikers who are from the real world, either as themselves or as uh, very um, badly disguised versions 
of themselves. And he put in a character called Paul Neil Milne Johnston. Who was his uh, friend at school and they ran, was it a literary review magazine, John? Uh, the, yeah, the, basically the school magazine, um, you know, uh, yeah, Douglas wrote, um, you know, sketches and essays and uh, Paul wrote very bad poetry. Very bad poetry. Although he, he did get a job as a poet, so he wasn't that bad. I mean, this, this is like when people talk about premiership football as being a bad. job as a poet. Thank you, thank you, Danny. Who gets yeah, a job like, as a poet? What's your wanted? CV? Did oh, poetry over here? Haikus, and then did poetry here? Onomatopoeia must you be. You, you know how it is. Things, things are going quiet down the line. Yeah, and then, no, so just, they send you down to the job centre and pretend. they say, what can you do? And you can, I could do a bit of poets. Just <laughs> pretend this is the interview panel and these guys have applied for the job as a poet. So uh, where do you see, what stanza do you see yourself in <laughs> in five in years' time? Can you tell me about a time? Write me a verse about this pen can you t- can you tell me can you tell me about a time uh when you, your scansion has become uh not as good as you would like and did you change your personality in any way to uh, excuse me i must say that you've spent this entire interview staring out the window wistfully <laughs> it's going very well <laughs> you metaphysical bastards so uh, well, he be- actually became a poetry editor which you probably do have to um, apply that sounds like to do. It's like people that learn philosophy and go on to be philosophy teachers. Like that's literally the job that the, you get. Those who can poets, those who can't. Yeah, edit. you are, you are speaking to a former um, university lecturer on media studies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the shade of it. All. So those. Those who can do, those who can't teach, and those who... Those who've got no idea what the fuck's going on, mate. Yeah, go on. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, Paul... Um, Neil Milne Johnston uh, was very offended by Douglas writing him actually using that name into the Hitchhiker's Canon as the worst poet in the universe and uh, there was there were legal shenanigans and it had to be uh, changed to Paul and Nancy Millstone Jennings for all future versions of Hitchhiker's Guide but I think it still exists in the radio shows in the in the slightly um, legally dubious version and there are there are other people who have appeared in the books in various forms uh, so we got uh, Ulan Kalufid is Richard Dawkins is that right uh, John might be a better I think he's a he's a very good um, analogue for Richard mm. Dawkins I, I think Richard Dawkins grew into him <laughs> uh, I, th- I think it, if, if anything it's probably based on uh, Eric von Drankin who wrote the Chariots of the Gods about uh, whether God was an astronaut no, that's one for the actually that's quite fitting into the theme of the day actually but uh, yeah but, this um, is why we have a smart person on our podcast uh, Ulan Kalufid being the character who writes books such as... I'm the um, smart person, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, such just as, me off yeah. there, right? Such as Where God Went Wrong. Some more of God's Greatest Mistakes. Who is this God guy anyway? Is yeah. that one of them? That just about wraps it up for God. Yep. <laughs> uh, he, he had a, a central thesis of one of his books uh, in which someone proves that um, God doesn't exist because without faith, God is nothing. Uh, and then goes on to prove that black is white and gets run over on the next zebra crossing. <laughs> it's great when you can get a laugh from someone else's work, isn't it? Uh, we should uh, we should move on. Um, so uh, at this point, I'm going to put the guide on shuffle, and uh, when I do that, it makes this noise. Ooh! Uh, and the first item that's come up um, is D, the domain of the king. Uh, now, as well as being a um, foremost L, um, expert on uh, Douglas Adams, John Bounds is also rather. Um, uh, a fan, uh, if not an expert, certainly within the context of the four of us, uh, on Elvis. Now, it's never explicitly mentioned in the books, but basically, Arthur and Ford in book five ride a uh, the backs of basically bulls to um, a magical world. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm grossly simplifying, um, and they they find themselves in a place called the Domain of the King, and they they find themselves in a diner, and they see a very um, uh, splashy sort of pink space Cadillac uh, and then they hear this guy crooning um, from somewhere off in the distance and it sounds like he's singing Love Me Tender and so we can infer that it's probably Roy Orbison um, <laughs> failing that it might be Elvis Presley um, and so what what it, I mean we know that he was a music fan we know that Douglas Adams was was a fan of music um, he was a dire straits fan <laughs> yeah well this is this is this sort of leads into what I was wondering about. I mean, where do you go from being a huge fan of Dire Straits to then being Elvis? Or is it just a universal thing that you have to be a fan of Elvis because Elvis is the king? Uh, can I, I think he was more just culturally aware. Like Elvis is important whether you like him or not. So, so John Lennon said 
without before Elvis, there was nothing. Uh, no Elvis, no Beatles, no Beatles, no anything. So you can't really be a rock music fan without having some sort of grudging respect for Elvis at some point. You might dislike this sort of um, 70s jumpsuit uh, Elvis that he's probably portrayed in the book, but you can't deny the, the success and the power of Elvis. There's a, um, talking about um, Danny's uh, thing, there's a, an author we both quite like called uh, Chuck Klosterman, and he's written a book uh, recently called uh, But What If We're Wrong? And the idea is that um, most decisions of the in the book that this is his concept that most things that are universally held to be true in a couple of hundred years later they turn out to be wrong so everybody was absolutely certain that the earth uh, the sun went uh, around the earth and there would no one would have held a different view that was stupid but now we all believe something completely different um and he, he does a very very interesting long piece about um uh marches marching music and if you asked anybody who, anybody in America at least, who who's the person who writes marching music, they all say John Philip Sousa. And John Philip Sousa is the only sort of, in fact, if you did like a, a poll, 99 people who managed to answer a, a, someone who writes marches, they say Sousa. It was the Liberty Bell March guy, wasn't yeah, it? He, yeah, well, he was the one that goes... He, but he essentially did write all of the ones you heard of. But in a hundred years' time... the one that goes... <laughs> I don't know that tune, but yes. He wrote, he was, so in, in, um, in I don't know, in uh, 100, 200 years' time, he uh, postulates in this book, if, who, who, would, who will be the one person that illustrates rock music? And it might, you might pick Bob Dylan, or you might pick Elvis, or you might pick the Beatles, maybe, if you pick, pick that. But each one of those is only a small portion of what rock and roll music is or was so if 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 they pick bob dylan then everybody will think rock music was more political than it really was if they pick elvis i think it's more entertainment and less singer songwritery than it was if they pick the beatles i think it was more about haircuts than it really well it is quite a lot about <laughs> haircuts. but you know what i mean so but if so elvis exists in a, an absolutely perfect plane and i will not hold it any cultural artifacts that don't uh, bear down to well, God, essentially. Fair enough. Agreed. Uh, at this point, um, it's about something we'll have a drink. Um, so I think uh, we're going to ask for some assistance from the audience. Um, we do Danny, the drinks. We yeah. Do the drinks. Oh, good. Um, could we get the ice? Uh, okay. I'm going to need a member of the audience to help me with this because I've only got so many hands and one mic. And You've got two important jobs. I think it's. it's they they yep. will get a drink out of it. Yep. Uh, so probably no one who's driving home. Um, I Ever. would like I would like yeah. a female voice, and that narrows it down to possibly four people in the room. <laughs> just because there's like three male voices on the podcast, mm-hmm. and it gets a bit. Do you say three male voices? On there's, the podcast? There's, there's definitely four. In a normal week, there's three male voices. No, okay. In a normal week, there's three male voices. All right, that's, that's well, well, well retconned. Well retconned. And, John, and John has crossed his legs awkwardly. I've got quite a high voice, so it's fine. Hi, Hello. any volunteers? So we're getting so we're getting the would ice. Like, would you um, like a drink? Who wants, to come, who wants to come and um, come and help? Come on, Danny? you you only have to say some things. There you go. Oh, thank you. Um, so while while that's happening, uh, I'm going to quickly put the guide on shuffle again. And uh, a quick thing that's uh, that's just come up now is um, if I say to anyone, "I'm Luke. I'm five, and my dad's Bruce Lee driving around in his JCB." Does that ring a bell to anyone? Good, good answer. Yeah, yeah, big, big grudgingly. Uh, that's the sound of, um, well, that's the sound of me, but it's lyrics by Nisloppy, and um, that's the JCB song. And uh, a JCB figures quite heavily in the first book because it's the thing that wants to knock Arthur's house down. Um, why am I the only one? Actually, I know I'm not the only one because I had a nice conversation with Danny yesterday. But why am I the only one ab- among the people that are called Mark or John? <laughs> I've got wrapped in that sentence now. I don't know how to escape it. Well, well Dan, Danny, Danny's that, out of action because he's making drinks. So yeah, exactly. Can, Why do I think the JCB song is good and you you, you don't? What, it is good. It is good, yeah. Well, it's good. Also, it's there are only three good. people on the panel, remember? Sure. Remember yes, of course. People. Sorry, only three male voices. Um, but of the other two male voices, um, why, why, why? come on, the JCB song's good. It's a good song. 
I don't know. It's all right, I suppose. I, think, I, sp- I suppose it's tainted by the fact that JCB donated £2 million pounds to the Tories since uh, <laughs> 2006. And also supply military-grade um, armoured bulldozers to uh, the Israeli army. Fair observation. <laughs> right then, uh, we've got ice. Uh, so drinks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hello, hello, hello. I'll be your barman for this evening. Um, this is... My name's Elle. This is My Name's Elle. And um, she will be doing some reading out for me and holding off the microphone. And you are okay to drink, right? Even, like, really alcoholic things? Okay, we'll find out. Um, so, uh, in in the guide, there is a, a famous drink called the Pangalactic Gargle Blaster. There are a recipe to make it. Most of the ingredients are space ingredients, made to sound particularly spacey, or actually particularly funny, or a comment on the drinks industry, or whatever. So, um, I, we are addressing one of the biggest um, one of the biggest uh, slights that we've ever had on this podcast that I wasn't on the podcast where they talked about the Pangalactic Gargle Blaster. Um, So we're addressing this right now. And I have come up with an idea, uh, with a recipe for Pangalactic Gargle Blasters. Um, Before I do anything, I want you to note what I'm doing because it's going to be very clever later. (laughs) (laughs) That's how all good jokes and how all all good bits work is that you've you've got to pay attention. Do we get to do kind of bits and comments on what you're doing? He also wrote that at the start of his autobiography. <laughs> Don't forget, this is going to be very clever. So this is a uh, particularly peaty whiskey that I borrowed from John's hit flask. Um, <laughs> sorry, John, for doing this. Sorry. So, John, what type of whiskey is that? Could you, could you uh, it's it, it's it was given to me as a gift for being the best man at my friend's wedding. Wow! And, w- and were you? I was the very best of the men. Um, it's it's a Highland Park twelve year old, and I think it's called something like Vikings Honor. Um, because they have to come up with strange names for things. Has it got the O with the slash through it? I was trying to smell it. So, Danny, what's what's the canonical ingredient that that this whiskey is... Fucking hell, pal. For the benefits of the tape, Danny's just throwing about £20 worth of scotch all over the table. Oh. No, it's fine. Okay. Um, I'm going to let you... I'll I'll, I'll tell you about it later. (laughs) At the moment, all I'm doing is coating the legs around the glass. And then the whiskey goes. Away. Oh, wow. That's the angel share, that is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, so you're not worried about it staying in the glass? Would you like him to throw it into your mouth when he's finished with <laughs> yeah. it? Rather yeah, than on the floor. Um, yeah, I'll do shots of that. So hopefully there is a little peaty taste to the edge of the glass. I know where this is going. Yes, you do. I know where that's going. Okay, so what is the first? Take the juice from one bottle of old jank spirit. Okay, old junk spirit doesn't obviously exist in um, this particular reality. Um, so we um, we hypothesised. I heard a hypothesis. Was I on next? Was I actually on the Pangalactic Gogba? No. Honestly, so many of the episodes are a blur to me. I can't okay, remember so, if I was on them. Um, we wanted a folksy name, like Old Jank Spirit is quite a folksy name. So uh, the, the analogue is Captain Morgan. Taking the juice of a bottle of spirits is... Incredibly difficult. I tried to get overproof rum, but um, I only got um, normal non-alcoholic rum. Um, From B&M Barkers, but look at the label. <laughs> That's actually Captain Morgan. Captain Comedy. Yeah, no, what, what Captain Morgan are doing at the moment is that for some reason they are they are making their own labels look like they are supermarket-owned brand labels. <laughs> I don't know what the strategy is there. But I'm not jumping the gun. What's the second step? She did. She does that better than I do every single week. Yeah, correct. Yeah, no because editing. she read that without no without editing. One, right yeah, there. No, no editing required whatsoever. God damn it! Do you want to join the podcast? Can you be so, the voice of the guide every week? So we wanted seawater, but I'm sailing can go suck a dick. I'm, I'm so bored of that. So we have got uh, prosecco. <laughs> <laughs> I said I thought about it. I didn't say I thought about it well. You've done more than we have. So we, we just want to. Um, they do, do say if you drink um, too much uh, prosecco, you go mad. And do they? Oh, no. <laughs> good, good content. Me. That's, he was, he was so good, this good is a, this is a replacement for seawater, Danny. Yes. So um, it's bubble. It's bubbly water. What do you want? <laughs> seawater. Seawater. No, famously <laughs> bubbly. Famously bubbly. Oh, there will be bubbles later. So I've essentially got just 
I mean, the, the, the famous the famous quality of seawater, the thing that seawater is famous for being, the, the, the water in yeah. the sea is it's, it's carbonation. <laughs> it's not bubbly. That did not sound like Eric Hall, the football agent, then. Old Jack Spirit. Bubbly. <laughs> Liberally. <laughs> oh, no. I'm so glad that wasn't Ray and Nephew after all, because for the benefit of the tape, Danny's just taking a large swig out of a bottle of white rum. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Right, the next one. Allow three cubes of Arcturan Megagen to melt into the mixture. It must be properly iced or the benzene is lost. Um. Right. Does anyone know? Does anyone know the freezing temperature of alcohol? I don't either. But you do. What is the freezing temperature of alcohol? Yes, minus seventy something for for the benefit of the tape. Uh, so, yeah. Do standard fridges get to minus seventy? <laughs> I don't believe that they do, Danny. Then how have I got frozen gin? Woo! Absolute alchemy. Absolute I alchemy. have mildly banned the laws of physics. That's some Darren Brown shit right there. Did you put... Um, so there's this thing about uh, the, these lakes that flash froze because there were horses in them. And apparently somehow what? the water flash freezes because horses are covered in dust. What? Did you put... Did you put this is a thing. Did you put a horse in the ice cubes? What? That's a thing. That's a horse... A horse yeah. makes something flash freeze. Right. So there was this 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 lake in Russia, and this cavalry charge tried to charge through it. And when the horses hit the water, it made the freezing point of the water change because horses were covered in dirt. And then the lake flash froze, and the horses were stuck in the water with the soldiers on top of them, and they all died. This is the sound of a man who's um, incredulous. Well done. Yeah, there's no horse in this, if that's what you're asking. Cool, good. good that's good, what good, I'm asking. Good, good, Essentially, good, good, I'm good, saying, good. have you put horses in the ice? Is that what happened to the Tesco lasagnas? <laughs> <laughs> they were frozen. It's a 2015 reference, I know. I know, yeah, I'm on, I'm, I'm, on the I'm on the board. The next bit. Allow four litres of Fallian marsh gas to bobble through it in memory of all those happy hikers who have died of the pleasure in the Fallian marshes. Right, so obviously I can't bubble marsh gas through a drink. Thank God. I chose. A, I can, hang on. I chose a carbonated drink that already had bubbles in it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the seawater. And I chose to coat the glasses in a particularly peaty whiskey that will emulate the gases of a marsh. Come you on, are come amazing, on, Dan. Come on! He was right. We should have paid attention because he I was clever. I genuinely don't know what's next. Yeah, that is Darren Brown stuff. Okay. It was there in plain sight all along what Absolutely. he was going to do. Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, Misdirection. I'm not going to shake this. Oh. <laughs> but you put it in a shaker, so... And the next step is, over the back of a silver spoon, float a measure of... Quilactin hypermint extract. You. Redolent of the heady odours of the dark quilactin zone, subtle, sweet and mystic. So... I can't believe that I remembered that. I'm such a fucking nerd. <laughs> Correct. I don't normally swear that much on the podcast. <laughs> Again, for the benefits of the tape, Danny's just putting more room in and drinking more room for the bottle. <laughs> and more room in his belly. The, 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 the mixology of, of a Danny drink appears to be put the Prosecco in. Prosecco. Put something else you in. Then put the rum in, then put the Prosecco in, then put the rum in. I mean, you could just put twice as much rum in. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not. There's an order to these things, probably. Right. So, we've got... Last one, green. <laughs> when did that go green? Science, mate. Fucking science, dude. So Danny's now pouring these into martini glasses. Is this the correct uh, orthodox glassware for a pangalactic goggle blaster, Dan? Uh, this is from the TV series where they serve it in Correct. Correct. <laughs> Who's driving this ship? I'm just, Ooh, just listen to that. Just painting words, mate. No, you, you, you're, you're uh, it's a theatre with a mind. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the next thing with the hypermint? Yes. Right, the hypermint. Um... Get that mic up to his face if you can, Al. Okay, uh, we've got the hypermint. Uh, this is um, American peppermint. Um, Ooh. Available from the baking oil. Um, 
A little story about this. We used to drink this at school and pretend we were drunk. <laughs> Tomorrow, like when Delia does a recipe, the aisles of, of Tesco will be empty. <laughs> of, uh, well, Are we going to a silver-coloured spoon? They sure. didn't specify the metal. They just said a descriptive colour as far as I'm concerned. Ah, that's yep. good. That's yep. good. Yeah, yep. silver is Use also it as an adjective good. as opposed to a, a noun. Are we, uh, are we going to publish this recipe on btlpodcast.com? Yes. Yeah, good. Yeah, That yes. sounds like what we're going to do. Yeah. So Danny, Danny is now pouring the American peppermint, which is very specific, into the drinks. Okay. That's that. What's the next one? Uh, drop in the tooth of an Algolian sun tiger. Watch mm. it dissolve. Yeah, come on, Dan. the fires of the Algolian suns deep into the heart of the drink. She's been flawless. Absolutely flawless, Al. Like, what a handful. I mean, you know, I, d- I don't want to, you know, blow it too soon, but my, my word. You definitely deserve a drink that might make you go blind. <laughs> but Danny does now have to come up with something that approximates a sun tiger's tooth. Okay, so... What I got from that is um, it dissolves and it's fiery. Oh, okay. Some more rum. So he's got some pre-dissolved there. No, nope. uh, it's not cocaine again, is it? So what I'm going to do? I'm just going to put a, a tiny amount of water on the back of a wine glass here. Um, this, by the way, is how you snort vodka. If ever you would do that, <clears throat> but this is how you do it. Um, uh, and we don't need any on there. What are you going to? Are you going to set fire to water? What are you doing? It was listening I to love, that Adele song I love earlier. that you're that like in, in, <laughs> entranced by my performance that you think I could set fire to water. Anything is possible right now, Danny. Set fire. I'm going to take a run of the mill to the right. <clears throat> Got it nice and wet. And add cinnamon. Ooh, hello. I hope your mum's not baking tonight. That sounds like a diss. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. Well, no, you take it. My you... dad's sitting there. He oh, yeah. He will... Is your mum baking tonight? He will oh. kick it. And Mark's dad's sitting next to him. They're mates now. They're gonna... Yeah, yeah, they're friends now. They're gonna... They've got the dad packed. Outside. All I'm saying is, is if your mum's trying to make some lovely treats, mm. then all the baking goods are here. Wow. I bought these. <laughs> okay. Yeah, did, did you not know why the tickets were £15 a head to come in? <laughs> so these are the approximation of... That's um, not true, by the way. That's not why the tickets were that price. <laughs> these are approximations of oh. the Sun Tiger. Oh. Um, when Danny throws those in, they really go up. Um, it, it's quite an explosion in a glass. So I should probably have got that recorded for my Insta feed. That's amazing. <laughs> there we go. Uh, what's the next? Sprinkle Zamphor. Uh, <laughs> that's salt. Yeah! <laughs> Wrong. How is, how, how is it salt? Because we don't know what the hell sound for is. So Wait, there, it's salt. There is a thing called camphor. Ah, yes. Used in, um, Get that mic up to his face again if you can. So there is a thing called camphor that is used in um, things like uh, DP. Uh, it's like a well, the, if you ever smell the DP, you're smelling camphor. And there is an African nation called something very similar, like Zambia or something. Zambia. <laughs> Never heard of it. Um, <laughs> Just. Security, security. A <laughs> <laughs> couple of disruptive elements. You see, they've become friends now. They're working together. It's like the raptors in uh, Jurassic Park. Clever. And girl. the last one is... Add an olive. Add an <laughs> olive. Well, that's not the last one. Yeah. No, the, the last instruction is very important. Because... These, are, these olives were the hardest things to acquire <laughs> of all of this ingredients. We had to go okay. to Subway and order a six-inch uh, sub just so that we could get the olives. This looks... We had to order one with olives. D- does anyone know why you add olives to alcoholic drinks? Pretense? Yeah. Is it so that you uh, so that the oil disperses through the drink? Darling? Yeah, it kind of cuts the alcohol, so it allows yeah. the flavours to come out. Flavours to come out. We'll take questions later, thank you. <laughs> okay, what I'm going to do now is make sure that the um, whiskey 
um, goes home with me. And <laughs> the um, Sun Tiger's Tooth is fully dissolved. Uh, while we do that, um, should we have another um, random guide entry? Yes, please. Yes. Because right. I won't be able to do anything after this. No. Uh, so the number 42 comes up a lot. Mm. Is it a funny number? Or is it just, why? Why the number 42? Why do we think the number 42 was something that um, uh, Douglas Adams decided to imbue so much with? In, in so much as it's now, it's the, it, those mysterious numbers that were in Lost, 42 is the last of those. Mm. Um, it is a number that is used, it, it's, it's baked into operating systems as a significant number when they want to have a random image that needs numbers, they use 42. Why did, why, why 42? Is it think, a funny uh, number? I think Tom Cruise over here has got an idea. <laughs> I was thinking myself more of as the... Um, Brian Brown. Brian Brown, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oz Clark. Thanks, Dad. Keith Floyd can cook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that hurts so much. Um, so I was talking uh, to a person that I work with, Hebe, and uh, she told me that, oh, yeah, no, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, that's number 42, obviously, because um, all the sides of two dice add up to 42. And I was like, you what? And she was like, it's in the book. It's in the book that, that they say all, all the sides of two dice add up to 42. I was like, I don't think they mention it in the book. And she was like, no, they definitely do. And I've got to admit, it's been a while since I've read the book, even though I do a podcast. And um, I think, do you want to know? Do the, they? I don't. Let's, I'm going to do all the maths. Sides, well, Yeah, let's all sit here and do the no, maths no, you, silently. Are you all speak? Well, no, it, I've done the maths. I've all the the sides, maths. All, I've literally done the maths. You literally did the maths on All the this. sides on one dice add up to 21. So how many dice were we talking again? Just two. two dice. Yeah, that'd be it. I can yeah. do that. I can, I can, <laughs> that. That bit I can do. But, okay, but so, so without us taking over uh, Cat's brand too much with the uh, previous show, the... the um, the uh, conspiracy po- podcast, mm-hmm. um, like yeah, okay, forty-two. That's two dice. Why two dice? Like that's just you've just retrofitted some numbers into that to make that make sense. So, well, you, no, not you have, but that, this smells disgusting. Thank you. So, do you, you know, do, do, do I so, so Ooh, it's basically, odd numbers are not funny, right? Odd numbers are not funny. And the reason odd numbers are not funny is because they're too random. They don't sound what, like what humans would would produce. They don't. Wait for it. High numbers. Wait for it before you try. It. Sorry. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. High numbers are hard to comprehend. Right? Okay. So yeah. they're not funny. Sure. Forty-two sounds <laughs> manageable. It sounds like you've, you've, you might have to deal with forty-two things. You might have to go to number forty-two. You might have forty-two friends on Facebook shelves or, or whatever. It sounds boring. Mm. But and the real reason that forty-two is uh, the number in that is because Graham Chapman told uh, Douglas that it was the funniest number. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's go. amazing. But I've been doing some big old thinking about oh. what numbers are funny. <laughs> and now's your and, top ten. And so I've, I've, I've yeah, so I've, I've got, I have coincidentally got. Coincidentally enough. <laughs> so coincidentally enough, I've got my top ten funny numbers. <laughs> so what I'd like you to do, I'm going to, but I'm going to test to see if I'm right. Jesus Christ, you actually have yes. a list of numbers. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna test. So basically, we're gonna see if you, bit. we're gonna see if you laugh most on my laughometer at the, uh, and my laughometer's fallen on the floor. Danny, could you get my laughometer? Oh, we've got about, we've yes, got about, yes. yeah, we've got about three minutes um, for for this bit. <laughs> Sorry, I, I feel like I uh, feel like you're a producer. Broke, broke the broke the illusion there. I'm dying to taste this, Don't but worry. it's mostly just like that, that, that trepidation you get when you stand on the top of a high building. You're not afraid of falling off. You're afraid of what will happen if you decide to jump off. So I think and if, we're gonna get the, if we're going to get the biggest laughs on the laughometer, mm-hmm. just have a sip of this green stuff first. Sure. Uh, Danny, so do we one, need two, special three? instructions for how to consume? Okay. What Apart was, from very carefully. What was the last instruction? Uh, drink, but very carefully. Let's get a massive hand for Al. Thank you very much. Don't go anywhere. We want to see your reaction. What a superstar. Right. What, what, what constitutes carefulness when you're drinking, by the way? A big, big mouthful. Don't let anybody catch you with your pants off. Should I eat the olive? <laughs> do, you, do you? Ooh. One, two, three. Go on. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. 
That's a drink, all right. Not that's, a dr- I mean, that's that's certainly alcoholic. That's a dr- <laughs> not a dry nose in the house. <laughs> Slick on the top. <laughs> can, I sm- can I smell it? That's peppermint. Yeah. For, for the benefit of the tape, I'm I'm uh, I don't drink, so I'm just gonna have a quick sniff of it. Oh, that's disgusting. Knock an, an olive against the. Here's here's the sound of an olive against the microphone. It does not smell of anything. It's just essentially. It doesn't even smell of like a nice tang of petrol or anything. It's just. Um, you have drank over half of that. Can I just point out? <laughs> I, I, I went to uh, I went to one of the posher restaurants in Birmingham that they have now. Drinky drink, and they they serve something that looked like this, and they called it a soup. Gazpacho. Um, it had an oil. So that's quite drinkable. So you've had, I mean, it's not. They've had their laughing. I mean, it's, it's, it starts out quite nice, and then it gets really disgusting. But I keep going back to it, going no, because it starts out really quite nice, and then it just subtly goes, oh no, that's horrible. Right. Keep getting invited back into like the Like a coalition government. I think what has gone wrong here is that the olives were coated on a little bit of garlic and it's kind of added <laughs> a bit of an aftertaste. That's what happens. That'll be the problem. Yep. The, be- the benzene's been lost. Nothing to do with a drunk person no. making... I think, I think it's the benzene that's Danny, been I, lost. I, 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 I have an observation to make, which is that you were very insistent that the staff of this fine venue allow you a chopping board and a knife so you could prepare some lemons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is a barrel of lemons on the table, and we've not done anything with those. What are they for? Okay, what? what? I swear I can feel the effects of this already. What were the, the effects of... Ah. He's going to chuck it at you. It, the, the, oh, no. <laughs> you haven't got a large Spoiled gold brick around you. Ah. Like having your, having your Head. brains whacked out by a oh. gold brick and wrapped around a lemon. Yeah, that's gold exactly brick, it. you bastard. I made a money. That is a lemon, motherfucker. <laughs> so I've taken all of Mark's lemons because he's hiding behind the mixing desk. No, I was I was actually trying to like make myself available for lemoning, but uh, <laughs> I feel like you know if, if, if anyone's going to be lemoned, it's the person who keeps deciding what doesn't go into the podcast. So all the, <laughs> the hard work that these guys do, they come up with ideas and yeah, crazy wacky bits, and I just go nope. Beware um, of the there lemon. There is not one piece so, of equipment on that table that I could afford. <laughs> <laughs> So well, talk, yes. I was going to say, talk, talking. To, you've had your laughing gear around that. Let's Do you want to try it? Mm. Uh, no, I'm all right, actually. If we can get... Uh, so let's have the top ten funny numbers to see who laughs at Right, John, numbers. this is going to be good, right? Because this is going to close us out. Okay. <laughs> right. And only... Ready? In Everybody a is only ca- a list of numbers can. <laughs> Number ten. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> Quite funny. Yeah, no, nine is a good number. Number yeah. nine... Eight. <laughs> no, that no. didn't. No, didn't. Didn't work. Oh god, that is. Oh, C. Thirteen. Pardon? C. Thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Seven. One million. <laughs> you said that's funny. That doesn't mean that it's funny. It's not about the material. It's about. It's not about the car. It's the driver, my son. Um, six. 28. House. Five. 267,799. <laughs> That's a funny number. Four. 69, dudes! Woo! Three. Two now. <laughs> <laughs> two. Two. <laughs> Desmond. One. Forty-two. Yes. Right. Well, on that lukewarm um, round of applause, um, we have to leave. Um, this is. I know. It's a, hello. Yes. Already. Yeah. We've actually. We, yeah. We've actually got to go. I know. It's sad, isn't it? Um, we're going to sit and drink our little drinky drinks. Um, but uh, oh god, my brain feels like it's been smashed out with a slice of lemon wrapped around a large gold brick. So uh, it just. Um, Remains for me to say that if you've liked any of this, then, I mean, God bless you. <laughs> I mean, normally you there's editing involved. So much, and that's me like, saying that. You know, I just, I'm, I'm not a very good presenter, but I'm a good editor. So there's, there's that to, to, you know, maybe maybe bear in mind. Um, those who can't, find, those uh, who can't do it again and edit it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mark, as it sounds like you're trying to finish the show, we've got a surprise for you first. Oh, no. So remember a few weeks ago, you do this, John. Yeah, um, you, you, you already see the presentation. A few weeks ago, we got talking about the um, 
the musical instruments of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> and we got talking about the fact that nobody's really invented good music, new musical instruments yet for a long time. <laughs> yes. Um, off the back of this, we have sourced something for you. Oh, God. It's not, it's not, because I, 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 I had a, um, I, I got given, no, I stole um, a, a stylophone a while back. Um, but the problem with it is that the batteries are going. So I was going to try and play the theme tune to the Beware the Leopard. And it's now, there we go. Here we go. Let's see if, let's see if we can do it. And let's watch the pitch slowly go down as the batteries deplete. No. This is, this is how all good music. We should have had the Soda Jerkers guys around here because they really would have appreciated this bit. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that's really good. Um, so there's so there's that. Mum, 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 watch me. I can make a tune. I can make yeah, a tune. I can make a tune, <laughs> mum. Wow. Uh, so stage sure. whisper. Yeah, yeah. Didn't actually work, so you're gonna have to mine. Okay. Can you play us out on this? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Totally. Totally. Right. Wow. That's. Um, how do you even write? So. You've got it. You've got it. You've got to do it. How do you even do it? Like you haven't dreamed of playing a guitar for the Dreamed, like dreamed. Yes. Um, never actually done it. All right. So uh, I'm going to play us out. Um, but before we uh, before we leave you, um, it just bears bears whatever. I've just got to say thank you very much for coming. You can find our show at btlpodcast.com, uh, btlpodcast on Twitter as well. I am on Twitter at I am Stedman. This is John Hickman. That's Bounder, and he is probably drunk, and as we all are now. Thank you so much for listening, and until the next time we see you, until 2019, when we are um, all here in the same room uh, again, share and enjoy. Oh, Danny, that drink was disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is produced by Podient. To find out more, visit podientproductions.com.